Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting-edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. Welcome, Anna Drum, to a bit of a podcast chat today. Anna is from the very pointy, hot, amazing, wonderful part of Australia, and she is the founding director of Capability Health. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Kathy. All good. I'm sitting here literally in mohair with two cups of tea. So, um, uh, so good to have you uh Dialing in from up north, we've battled the internet gods and we're, we're good to go. So give us a description. What's, what's Capability Health all about? Uh, Capability Health, it's very new. We are one of the first uh, private allied health providers to be delivering services to uh, Cape York, Weeper and uh, the surrounding communities. Um, we sort of started this in around October last year and um, we've kind of hit the ground running and are struggling to to keep up with it. It's um, forever evolving and, um, yeah, we are mm. at the moment uh, trying to recruit for full-time positions. That's sort of our vision is to have locally-based therapists here living in town, uh, servicing the community. Yeah. So you've had a, um, a, a pretty fast-tracked business ownership adventure to date. What have, what have you learnt in the last kind of nine months or so about the business side of things? Oh, where do I even start? There's so much um, that uh, goes with it all, Cathy. Um, I guess beforehand it was just yeah. myself working as a solo clinician, as a myotherapist, and um, I put on a receptionist just to give my, myself a bit of a break and sort of give me some time back for family and then sort of, I guess, seeing how that looked and then that gave us the option to sort of think about um, bringing other people in into the business. And, uh, yeah, we just sort of learnt from that, I guess, that, you know, with more helpers around, you can achieve more things. So. There's so much. Um, we have, um, I guess, for, for myself being a myotherapist and not knowing uh, the other disciplines that we're trying to bring in, so occupational therapists, speech pathologists, um, we're looking at bringing a physio in as well, um, having those people around with that skill set. So um, if you don't know something, that's probably one of the biggest things I have learned is ask for help. So mm-hmm. um, getting people with that expertise, um, like HR support, uh, people with the background in their own disciplines to actually help you kind of set up the, the business model. And that's probably been some of the, the biggest challenges of finding those people who are willing to help. Mm. Yeah, and get, get behind it for all the right, all the right reasons. So who's, who's in the team at the moment? Uh, at the moment, we have two receptionists and they share the role uh, between Monday and Friday. Um, we have a full-time occupational therapist, uh, Lucy McGann, and she came on with us sort of uh, full-time in January. And we have a speech pathologist, Karen Jones, who flies in and out um, 
every sort of four to six weeks delivering speech pathology services to to the community. Um, Along with the OT and the speech, uh, we have two allied health assistants who support um, the face-to-face delivery uh, when those services are not here and being delivered face-to-face. And so they, uh, I guess, being rural and remote uh, are a big part of our business of being able to deliver that face-to-face service um, when we can't actually get the therapist here on on the ground. Yeah, yep. So who who are your customers? You seem to have a really broad range of services and op- and opportunities there. So who who are your customers? Uh, at the moment, our between speech and OT, we have a, a large caseload of paediatric clients. Uh, so they have sort of varied, I guess, in age of you know around two to say. 17. Um, we're starting to get mm. some more adult referrals and things like that through uh, the longer we're here and the more people sort of find out that we are here and based locally. Uh, we have some different income streams for the, the occupational therapists. We also deal with some pre-employment medicals and um, bigger sort of companies around town like that to just tap into different markets. Uh, and then I guess my sort of clientele is more based around um, adults and, you know, the just people who are working in the town. Mm, so from very, yeah. very young to, yeah. to middle age and old. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little bit about that generalist role, I guess. Um, and sometimes that's assumed that if you're working more rural or remote, your role will be generalist, but it doesn't have to be like that. You know, you're, you're probably looking for team leaders to work with the kids and families and clinicians and team leaders to work with the, the, the grown-ups as well. Would that be kind of right? Yeah, I think one of the most important things for us is to focus on one particular area like living rural and remote, there's so many gaps in services and you can kind of fall into that trap of being asked to do things that we haven't yet thought about or um, have the skill set to be able to deliver on that. So I think it's sort of coming back to those core values and coming back to the drawing board and going, what did we set out to do? And making sure that we sort of stick within that until we actually have that model um, running well delivering it well to to the community and then sort of looking at how we can expand on those other areas and just taking one step at a time, um, like sort of going back to the, the first part of our conversation about how fast things are evolving. Um, it is hard to make sure that you're doing everything to the best of your ability sometimes. Ability. So sometimes yeah. yeah. Just yeah. have to yeah. sit back, take a deep breath and, and try and sort of catch up. Yeah. What is it that your team does does brilliantly right now right now I think we work well as a team um I think providing the environment where we all have each other's back no matter what um making sure that we are all across uh, what we're striving for and therefore if we're all on the same page uh, it doesn't matter what sort of walks through the door we can kind of juggle it between all of us um it's not the clinician feeling like they're on their own they have the support of the admin they have the support of myself um, and the AHAs as well. We, um, you know, and it's not just capability health, I guess. We have um, the clinicians who are coming in and out delivering services. They also provide support uh, while they're not here as well, um, whether it be in the therapy setting for the families, but also from a business point of view of, um, for, for myself and having support in those areas too. So I think we support Yeah, it. I think, yeah, yeah. And I... Um... 
I think also there's um, a lot of assumptions that people who don't live in beautiful places like you do, that there's a lot of, it's fragmented and there's a lot of travelling and then it's a bit disjointed and and it's not. I've been struck by the conversations we've had about what a close-knit community you do have and how supportive and diverse and uh, and how so much gets done, you know, so, so quickly. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, I guess, how other people perceive working in beautiful, more, more remote areas? I think sometimes you don't know what you're missing out on until you get here Um, (laughs) you know um it's funny you say that my uh my sister I've been living in Weeper for 14 years now and um one of my sisters hasn't been here to visit yet hopefully this year she will be um but I think too you kind of don't know what it's like until you actually come to visit and I really don't think anybody would walk away from this place going gee I wish I hadn't have done that um Mm. speaking about um, I guess if we have strong connections here within our own business, um, we can kind of achieve anything. And within the community, it's everybody's in the same boat. Lots of people don't have family here. So your friends soon become your family. And it's mm-hmm. like there's that first layer of a friendship that's just broken down um, because you have to help each other. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're a new person into the community or whether you've been here for you know, a number of years, um, it's very easy in a smaller community to get into those circles and find out what's happening because there's only one social netball, there's only one um, squash court and so therefore it's easy to sort of find and then you find those like-minded people as well. Mm. What else do you love about living and and working in Weeper? I've never been there. Just paint me a picture. (laughs) What do I love about Weeper? It's, um, well, I guess I've been here for 14 years. It, you, you have your ups and downs and I think one of the, the most things that keeps you so settled here is the relationships that, that you have with people. It's sort of like anywhere you can live, any, <coughs> excuse me, you can live anywhere if you have good support around you. So, um, And good internet. Let's just add good and, internet. Yeah, and good internet. <laughs> Praying um, to the internet gods. <laughs> It's a little bit like the other day, Kathy, when we were on the phone to each other and um, I sort of walked out the door and jumped in the car and you were like, well, I'll, I'll let you get home now and I was already in the driveway. Um, you know, <laughs> three no, minutes. Nothing but, yeah, three, three yeah. minutes. I think um, going back to you saying, you know, a lot can happen in a short period of time. Mm. I think it's about just in, in a small community, everybody knows everybody. Um, people are just so grateful to actually have a service, mm. um, therefore, uh, not saying you can get away with delivering a shabby service, but um, I pride myself on being able to deliver a service that is um, equal or if not better than you would find in the city, um, whether it be Cairns or Brisbane or or Melbourne. Um, and I think people like that. I think they like the fact that they can ring up and get the same person on the reception desk every time and then they see them at the swimming pool and they see them at the supermarket. And, um, you, get, you get to know your clientele. Um, inside and sort of outside of work as well, which it can have mm. its challenges there. But um, I think most of the time people sort of uh, appreciate that connection as well. Mm. And how has the community supported you starting up a business that in turn supports them as the community? Ah, so we have, I guess, some very good um, stakeholders on our side with um, mm 
one of the places that we're working out of at the moment is um, a building called Wacker. And so they see the value in our services of what we have to offer. And they have assisted us in allowing us to come in to work from this building. So living in uh, rural and remote final Queensland, you'll soon realise that there's not, you know, the next shop down the road that you can just go and rent. So finding commercial space has been really challenging. Um, it's also really expensive. Um, so I guess one of the biggest things with, with our community is that everyone sees the value in it and therefore are able to, to assist um, with that. In the early days of sort of trying to work out whether um, it was going to be a sustainable service or not, uh, the people who were already sort of working through, say, Queensland Health um, had many uh, chats with those guys about, you know, how we could sort of set up the service, what were the gaps in the service. So people are willing to offer their time and, and information in the direction that will actually assist the, the community in the long run. Mm. And I think the other thing is that people just jumped on and, and actually started using the service as well. So, you know, if it wasn't for people walking through our door and supporting us, then um, we wouldn't be where we are today either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where where's Capability Health going to be in, you know, sort of six months' time? So we're mid, what are we, mid-2021? Where, um, what are your wildest dreams for the end of this year? Uh, my biggest dream will be to actually have locally based therapists here and working mm. um, out of the town. So at the moment, we have been working on recruitment since January. Um, Lucy, our occupational therapist, is going off on maternity leave in about 12 weeks' time. And currently, um, we've been chatting to a uh, one business sort of down on the Gold Coast about uh, offering some support in whether it be telehealth or some um, mm. flying in and out to assist our AHAs to be able to deliver these programs face-to-face. Um, and I think, you know, it might not work in the city as such as a model, but given our location and the challenges around recruiting people locally, the Allied Health uh, model that we're currently running at the minute is what will be a sustainable service for other communities. And it's something that I feel that if we can get it working well here in town, it's um, essentially kind of like a, a first round model of what it could be like um, to start to deliver outreach into further communities. So I guess in the next six months, um, I'd love to see uh, all three roles filled as a uh, speech pathologist, occupational therapist and physio. Um, Again, it's great that we have the support of the ones who are flying in and out, but our, our ultimate um, vision is to, to have them locally based here in town. Mm. So what would life be like for people coming into WEPA? I think, um, and again, it's still, I've been here for 14 years and on a Wednesday night when you have a, a picnic and you go down to the beach and you sit there and watch the sunset, um, you feel like you're on. Holidays I knew you were going to time. say. <laughs> I knew you were going to say sunsets because when I looked yeah. up tourism, weeper tourism, that's what I got. Yeah, sunset. So it's lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. So we're on the on the the west coast um, of Queensland, and that's what throws people as well <laughs> when you when you tell them that you can watch the sunset over the ocean, it confuses them. Who knew but, Queensland um, had a west coast? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it is, it's totally lifestyle um, in terms of being out and about on the weekends and um, I think one of the things is sort of 
again, if you've got children and stuff, of sort of being able to bring them up um, somewhat sheltered, <laughs> but, you know, from the things that happen in what we call the real world, sometimes it's nice for your kids to be able to sort of get back to, to the basics and um, mm. and just be kids and be outside and have a stick and turn it into a spear or whatever you want to do with it. Mm. Um, you know, mm. our kids are pretty pretty outdoors and, and creative and um, that's probably the biggest thing that I like about it most is the, the lifestyle of, um, you know, being able to get the gym in, get your work in, pick the kids up from school. Um, it's, mm. it's got work-life balance about it. I think people throw yeah. that term around, but it, it actually does have work-life balance here. So, yeah. um, yes, although we're busy, but we, we tend to be able to fit those important things in that, that help us all get through our day. Mm. Anything else in the dream catcher for the next six months? I haven't got my magic wand. I'm back in my home <laughs> office. So my magic wand, I realise I've left it at, uh, at work. So OT physio speech, what else would you like uh, the business to look like? We're working on at the moment a um, support worker uh, coming in to mm. to help with that side of it as well. Um, it kind of gets into that thing that I was talking about before about doing one thing well um, before we mm. sort of take on the the next piece of the puzzle. But um, I guess that through the services that we've been delivering now, you can identify the need and, and the other gap that people need support in. So um, we'll be looking at bringing support workers into the business as well so more people to find but hopefully easier for on the ground to to get them to serve and support the community mm. and how um how are you finding your way with um building in sort of systems and your customer service team because that's such an important part of really supporting clinicians to do their best work and also helping clients kind of, you know, engage with the business as well. How's, uh, how's the front of house looking? Yeah, that's something that's always a work in progress. Um, yeah. I guess at, at the moment that's where I talk about, you know, us working all as a team. So uh, the girls on reception do a lot of that, um, back-end sort of development stuff with that. So we'll have a team meeting, you know, once or twice a week to kind of catch up on where things are at. Um, mm. I guess with myself in the early stages of what the business is, I still have quite a large caseload myself, uh, which kind of props everything else up. And, again, when Lucy goes on maternity leave, that will be uh, my caseload's not going to reduce any any further to keep everything kind of afloat. So that's mm. where everybody sort of chips in and does their little bit sort of outside of um what's actually probably within their role, but um, we delegate a bit of that. And many late nights <laughs> and I'm working on <laughs> so, those. <laughs> so uh, a quick dash to the beach for uh, uh, beachy dinner and sunset and then back to the, back to the, the screen. So what does, what does your week typically look like as myotherapist slash business owner slash recruiter slash finance officer, all of those, all of those hats? So I guess my usual week, I've got three small children as well. So um, we've got oh yes, those in, little ones, those little ones, yeah. Um, so I guess my usual week is at the beginning of the week. I usually see uh, majority of my patients. Uh, so I'll have a full caseload on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, I do a half day, and then the rest of it's sort of built in, sort of some admin. Um, and in each day I have around 45 minutes in the afternoon that kind of is, you know, 
touch base, quickly grab mm. emails, make phone calls. And then hopefully later in the week, I kind of catch up on all that stuff that I've kind of pushed out to the to the universe to happen and um, mm. then kind of take care of it sort of Thursday, Friday afternoons. Um, yeah, we do pays once a fortnight. So there's always every Thursday with sort of scheduling in those time. And I think sometimes when you've got less time, you actually get more done because there's not time ah. to procrastinate. So yeah. yep. if you actually make make a bit of a list in those times that you've actually blocked things out, um, you know what you're doing in advance. So when it comes time to do it, you just have to jump in and get it done. I'm going to write that down. That's so true. Um, what is it? Uh, the work expands to fit the time available. Tony Robbins says that a lot, but someone else before him said it. I can't think who it is. So true. If you've got a three hours to write a report, guess how long the report takes? Probably about two hours, 50 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So you're very efficient and very productive with your time. Would you Would you agree? Yes. Yep. Majority yeah. of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what else would you like business owners or clinicians that are listening, what else would you like them to know about what you do and why you do it? And I think for us, given the location of where we are, um, there's not somebody just down the road to get these services um, mm. or, or for patients mm. to have access to services. So what yep. we do, people tend to appreciate, um, you know, for the likes of the our caseload now, once the only alternative is Queensland Health and once children hit the age of seven or that they go off to school, um, often they don't have access to services here. So mm. what we're doing is providing uh, support to families and it's not just about the children, it's about the actual whole family unit. And I think that's what we are seeing at the moment is you're not only changing the child's life, but the, the little sister or the older brother and the support for mum and it even then it comes down to school and kindy and those types of things as well. We're impacting the community in such a big way. Um, yeah, it's you can't really put a price on it of what you do mm. for that time in somebody else's life. Um, and like I said, given that you can't just drop and go to the next provider, it's an hour and a half plane flight to Cairns, it's a 10-hour drive. <laughs> Um, people just—I'm finding hard to describe the words of what it is that we. Um, the impact on people's family is—it's um, mm. quite touching and rewarding. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um. Totally. Totally agree. And I guess those statistics kind of put it into perspective, don't you? That um, the urgency, if you like, of you know wanting to build a, a team and a service that's local. Um, fly in, fly out gets so far, but it's really different to having, you know, awesome humans on the ground who are part of community and contributing to community and are known and loved and trusted. Mm. One of the car and the speech pathologist who comes into town, um, I know one of the questions is um, often asked to her, why are you doing this? Why are you going up to, to Weeper? And um, her response to people is, when do you ever get the opportunity like this to set something up from the ground there's nothing mm. there you get to make it your own um you get to do shape it in the way that that you want to shape it um it's a special thing to be a part of I guess yeah and I guess the OT on your team has also had that opportunity as well to 
you know, I guess the cliche is the blank canvas, which is, I don't know, kind of useful, but the chance to kind of, yeah, bring in a really contemporary and effective service from the the get-go and to work collaboratively with clients and stakeholders to shift it up, shift it up, shift it, shift it up as well. So, um, it then becomes about keeping that momentum going um, and hence the urgency for uh, some new team. Yes, which we're still working hard on every day. Like you say, it's a work yeah. in progress. It- I don't think it will ever yeah. stop the, the recruitment side of it. We will have to keep chipping away at it. Yeah. All righty. So thank you for a bit of an update. Um, I think it's uh, really important that we hear from, you know, rural and remote business owners. Um, we've got to make sure we get you back in for a bit of a, uh, a check-in uh, later later in the year. So I guess what I would like to say, well, Anna, I don't know, want to put words in your mouth. Are you interested to kind of hear from people who may be curious about your work or what you're doing or... Is, is yeah, most definitely. Yes, we can <laughs> we can definitely. edit that out if that's not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I think um, as I was saying before, of you know, having the support of uh, other people on our side is is what we're looking for. Um, it's such a new thing. It's a new field for myself. Um, I've identified the need. Uh, we certainly tested the waters to whether it was sustainable or not. And now that we know that it is, the caseload's there, we've got it ready just to drop people into. Mm. Um, And that Mm. was sort of, you know, I guess the biggest fear of mine being in the location that we are was taking the risk of of testing the waters. And and now we certainly know it's here. And um, like I said, Lucy's going off on maternity leave. And one of our biggest fears was not being able to continue with that service Mm. delivery. Um, Like I said, we've sort of got some stuff in the pipeline now hopefully to continue with the AHA model similar to what we do with the speech pathologists but like I said ideally we would love to have people here um, working locally and um, enjoying our lifestyle and and our work uh, culture and environment. Beautiful. Alrighty. Well, I hope getting the message out helps you progress all of that good stuff. I am president of your cheer squad. So um, well done. Well done you. Let's check back in for some updates later in the year. No worries. Thanks for having me, Kathy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.